It's Jackie Chan in Japan and Terence Stamp in La La Land as we talk the Shinjuku incident and the Limey on episode 131 of Have You Seen? Hello everybody and welcome to the Stranger in the Strange Land episode of Have You Seen? Um, I am Kieran the Stranger Lafort and up there is Tom the Strange Land Web. Thanks. <laughs> that's ominous. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, accidental themed episode. Yeah. As uh, both of the films are uh, about people going somewhere they don't really belong and getting in trouble. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, sometimes on purpose and sometimes not. Yeah. Um. Give me one second. Yeah, okay. You need to carry on speaking during that one second. Oh, do I? All right. Oh, right. I see. I thought I thought we were actually pausing, but we're not. We're keeping going. I don't know why. I don't know. Uh, because doing. I couldn't tell if I could hear you through your microphone or through my microphone. Oh, I see. Right. Fair enough. Uh, right. I don't know how to pick this up now. <laughs> um, so this all started uh, when I moved house, and I found when I was putting my DVDs on the shelf, I found a bunch about ten, maybe. Yeah, about that. Of yeah. Films I've bought but haven't watched, and mm. I sent you a picture of these, and yeah. you found a couple that you have seen and mm. I haven't. Yeah, uh, and of course it's ten that I haven't seen at all. Yeah, um, and there's a whole bunch of there that you haven't seen either. I presume. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll work our way. And what with me currently being without internet as we record for at least another week, yeah, um, physical media was the way to go. Absolutely. Uh, the way I uploaded the show last time round is actually the way I usually upload the show because. Uh, the uh, my 4G on my phone is faster <laughs> than the Wi-Fi I had in my old place. Wow. Um, yeah. So it would take anything up to 10 minutes to upload a, an episode right. over the Wi-Fi, and it would do it in approximately 25 seconds use, if I just wow. tethered my laptop to my phone. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. So that's, how I, that's, uh, <laughs> that's pretty much how I have internet at the moment. Uh, not really suitable for Netflix viewing, though. No. So, enough of this waffle. Yes. Um, let us start with the Shinjuku incident. Okay. Which I suggested we do, if only because it's a DVD I have that neither of us have seen. Yeah. We both love Jackie Chan films, and mm. this is one that neither of us have seen. Yeah. This, however, isn't like any Jackie Chan film you've ever seen. No. This is a this is a hard gangster drama, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, more than his usual kind of yeah. kung foolery. Yeah, absolutely. And... I'm I'm still undecided as to what I really think about it. So am I. We'll get to that. Uh, let me... Uh, it's hard to sum up the plot. Yeah. So I'm basically just going to read you the story as I wrote it as the film went along. Okay, fair enough. Right, so... A hundred Chinese immigrants, including Jackie Chan, wash up on a Japanese beach. He gets a train to Tokyo after, I think, stabbing a cop. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't work out if... It didn't look like him... When it happened, no, but they make they make an issue of it later of it on. Later on, yeah. yeah, and someone who wasn't there. So maybe he's told the story. Yeah, but it, yeah, that wasn't particularly clear. I didn't. Yeah, um, yeah. So he he, it's all a bit weird. Uh, gets a train. Gets trains to Tokyo. Moves in with a bunch of Chinese guys uh, who are also illegals, as mm. far as I can work out. Uh, and they basically do shitty jobs under the counter that the Japanese yeah. won't do. So it's like sorting, recycling, yeah. cleaning the sewers and that kind of thing. And it's on the sewer cleaning job that they get busted by the police. Mm-hmm. One of the detectives falls into the sewer water and can't yeah. swim. And Jackie, because he's Jackie Chan and he's a nice guy, uh, rescues him. Mm. Just pulls him out and then runs off. 
Um, Jackie is in Japan looking for his fiance. She turns out to be the wife of a Yakuza yeah. now, um, who seems to be, when we first see him, he appears to be a reasonable guy yeah. compared to how the organization has been so far. Yes, absolutely. He's, he's kind of like, um, he sees the Yakuza as a power that can be kind of reformed slightly. Yes. And uh, that perhaps the way it's sort of set in its ways, it, it's not adapting to how the world is adapting yes. around it. And he, yes. he feels like a progressive Yakuza. Yes, we don't necessarily have to murder people. No, that yeah, yeah. And, and things like, uh, you know, like he's very tolerant towards and likes the Chinese, whereas yes. the other Yakuza's don't. No. Uh, which is something that comes into play later. Yeah. Um, he, uh, uh, this guy, uh, he is, um, he's not just a, an underling. We see him voted in as subhead. Yes. Um, he is played by uh, Masaya Kato, who was the advanced model in Drive. Right. The guy that Mark Cascos oh, fights oh, at the okay. end. Right. Uh, and if you go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash HYS podcast, you can see a video of me telling you people to watch Drive. Yeah. So Jackie also saves his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and through a complicated series of machinations, machinations, including Jackie Chan having to murder two people, yeah, two prominent Yakuza members, which yes. is something he never does on camera. No, um, he ends up in charge of the Shinjuku chapter of the gang, yeah, and basically fills it with his mates. Yeah, so they kind of become a Chinese yeah. chapter in Shinjuku. Yes, um, particularly the Kabuki Cho area, which is the area slightly, I talked about before, mm. which is the area slightly north of the station and is slightly seedy. Right. Um, from this, a splinter group forms, mm. uh, headed by Jackie's friend. He's called Jay, and he loses his hand in a horrific... Um, horrific, horrific chestnut accident. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, and they get out of control because he becomes yeah. a major drug addict. Um, yeah. And despite uh, despite Jackie's best efforts to contain these people, mm. um, a second Yakuza civil war breaks out. Yeah, um, which is basically is come is drawn down the lines of the Japanese versus the Chinese. Yeah, but both of those groups. Are also infighting. I think yes, yeah. So they're effectively two two uh, two uh, nationalities at war, and within that, two factions. Yes, yeah. Is that about summed it up? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and then Jackie goes to a station and dies. Yeah, yeah. All right, the yeah, end. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I I understand why Jackie Chan made this movie because so do I. It's a complete departure. Yeah, he from everything he's done before. He can't do what no. he's famous for. No. But the trouble is This is more it's a Donnie Yen movie. It's not a it's not a Jackie Chan movie. It's not, in any even, way. it's not even him. That's the thing. It's like it's I don't want to say hampered, but it's weird that he's the lead. Absolutely. I kind of felt like for and a start, his character... He, it was, yeah, okay, go, go. I wonder if you're going to say the same thing I was. Well, I was going to say, for a start, he is about 30 years older than his character should be. I wrote that he... Um, oh, gee, where did I write it? He is the absolute worst when it comes to age gaps between him and his leading ladies. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it, so, he, so that kind of sets him out. And then it's kind of like, well, he's the big star, but he's not playing his star role. It, and it's nothing. So his his performance is good, yes. But it just it it just 
it doesn't fit. If, for example, if you'd cast Jackie Chan in the lead of uh, Shall We Dansu, mm. that I would buy. But casting him in the lead of what is effectively Goodfellas, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I understand that. It's okay. It's a departure from Jackie Chan films. Yeah, but he is still playing the same basic character. He's not stretching himself in an acting sense. He's still playing the same guy, the same basic nice man doing nice things, apart from when he does bad things. Yeah, see, this was the thing for me. It was like, I actually found generally... His, perso- his, his established screen persona gets in the way. Yes, his absolutely His public does. persona gets... Absolutely it, do you know what? It's just made me think of mm. Tom Cruise's Jack Reacher. Yeah. He's playing someone else's part. Yes. Although, interestingly, the new trailer for the next Jack Reacher came out the other day. And yes. I haven't watched it yet, but my wife has. And she was like, I really want to see this film. Okay. Which I was quite surprised at. Cause I have I- seen one shot. <laughs> I haven't... Uh... Which, bizarrely, was the title of the first one, technically. Oh, well, there we go. Um, but, yes, no, um, yeah, so I get what you mean. And it, I'm, all for, I'm all for actors playing against type and yeah. doing things like that. Someone, who, someone who's very clever at kind of morphing around is The Rock. And his yeah. style, he never it seems to, his, like... He's, he is sort of hampered by his physical presence. Of course he is. Bit. Of course he is. But, but you wouldn't... You, you don't kind of question it when he does a purely comedic role. You don't question it when he does a pure hard man role. You don't question it when he combines the two. Mm. You know, there's no reason he couldn't do straight drama and it's stuff like that. So I don't know what he... It's a how He's very, very, very good at marketing himself. Yeah. So that you are comfortable with him going between those things. Yeah. Whereas Jackie Chan has spent all that time marketing himself as, as one thing. thing. Yeah. And like, great. He he wants to prove he's a good yeah. actor, but he he is a good actor, but he just I think, this just doesn't work. I think for him. it might be partially a fear that no one's going to go and see this. Yeah, if they don't think they're getting some of that, the Jackie Chan they know. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's not willing to make that, and that might be yeah. his own internal pressure. It might be pressure from his company. Yeah, might be pressure from distributors, yeah. marketers. Absolutely, yeah. Because he is, even though he's still fairly marginal in the West. Yeah, he's not outside of the US and the generally the English speaking world. The further mm. east you go, he is massive. Yeah, absolutely. He is, yeah. He is still when I was in uh, when I was in Japan last year. You yeah. still see adverts featuring him on the underground. Yeah, and some are hung actually. Oh, really? Awesome. Yeah, um, which was kind of funny. So Jackie Chan is twenty years older than the woman who played his fiance. Yeah, and twenty seven years older than the. Um, uh, happy hooker woman yeah. he hooks up See, with for me, in Tokyo. He, the story of that character is as someone who is in their in their thirties, probably maybe early forties, who has reached that point where they've got life experience, yeah, but they're still young enough to have ambition and uh, is willing to go through and sacrifice stuff. Whereas his age, he was fifty five when he made this. Yeah, it just it yeah. didn't quite fit. And th- th- the thing with the pacing of the movie is like. It, nothing really is happening. 
it takes then, a long time to get to the meat of the thing. There's an absolutely. awful lot of stuff. There's a lot of backstory. Yeah. There's a romantic drive in an oddly silent tractor. Yeah. Um, and th- th- but then when it does happen, people's limbs are coming off left, right, and centre. Yeah. And it's that seems that seems way too extreme for what's gone before. Yeah. It's like it, it goes from sort of like naught to a hundred. But there's no middle ground. Like it should have just been paced between thirty and seventy the whole way through, if that makes sense. Yeah, Do you I, know what I mean? also think he. It, we probably should have begun with him already there and already part of. Yeah. Part of the gang. Yeah, yeah. Because this is two hours long. Yeah. And he doesn't. You don't get to him uh, saving Iguchi the Yakuza guy mm. until about halfway into the film. Yeah. And that is where it really properly kicks off into the actual story of the yeah, film. Yeah. It's it's really odd. Really um, odd, I think. He and his little gang use all these weird schemes to try mm. and make money and I'm not sure I understood any of them with the phone cards and the um Yeah, I don't get the phone cards. Well, phone cards to, there was the just stealing to order. machine. Yeah. 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 It these people pay high prices to have this bag stolen. What higher a, a higher price than they would if they actually went and bought the thing? Because that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, I, th- I think what I think the way that worked was then like, nobody's handling stolen goods, and they you know they've yeah. got the bag. They want. Well, it, well, it's one of those things. For example, there's a bit where the guy's like, "I'll give you twenty percent of the market value." So I don't know. Say that laptop costs a thousand pounds. If they stole it, he'd give them two hundred pounds. Yeah, and then he'd sell it for. I don't know, eight hundred quid. Yeah, and it's, it was that kind of economy. It, it, it was a very strange economy. Yeah, um, yeah. The, it, it, yeah. His friends, Jay, has the worst luck in this film. I know, and it, for me, it was kind of like it, it, everything keeps happening to him. Yes, and it, I also wrote it's just. <laughs> Incident is pretty much underselling things. There's a lot true. of incidents, true, mostly yeah. involving people's arms getting cut off. Yeah. Um, the shot where Jackie slices that guy's arm off in the restaurant, yeah. I I probably jumped out of my seat because <laughs> I was not expecting no. that at all. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It just seemed so. It just didn't. All, nothing fitted together right. No. But by the same token, it looked good. It, it, well, you say that. Some of it looked good. Some of the interiors look really, really cheap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The fair stuff. Enough. The stuff in the alleys of uh, Shinjuku. Yeah. Um, incidentally, having been around that area, there were only two locations I recognised. Right. One okay. where they were outside the station, and the yeah. other. It's not even an establishing shot. It's part of a montage of that area where they go right. past. Um, I think it's called. I think it's called the Humax Pavilion, right? Which contains a small venue called the brilliantly named Shinjuku Face in capital letters, right. which is a purpose-built um, uh, combat sports and nightclub arena. Right. Okay. Yeah. So nightclub you can have a dance arena. floor, but that's also the same size to get a boxing or wrestling ring in. Right. Nice. And then you just sit around the outside. Fair it's enough. a cool venue. I like it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It goes from nothing happening to way too much going on at the same time. Yeah. There are too many characters to follow with all yeah. their little side stories yeah. and stuff. And I suspect in those instances, subtitles don't help. Probably not. I did notice that all of the Japanese names were wrong in the subtitles. Right. Because in Japanese, you go, you oh, say surname first, first, and yeah. that's how they were listed in the subtitles. Yeah. 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 Of course, yeah. So, it, yeah. Yeah, so the guy, the, the, the character called Nakajima in it, Nakajima is his surname. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah which kind of, um, there's a, a nice little cameo in there. Uh, there's 
one of the divisions within the Yakuza are the um, uh, Togawa group. Mm. Togawa Senior is played by a guy called uh, Yasuaki Kurata, mm. who was the bad guy in My Lucky Stars. Oh, really? Or Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars, one of those Lucky Stars yeah. movies. And he's also, have you seen Fist of Legend, the Jet Li movie? Yeah, I believe so, yes. Um, he is also Jet Li's fiance's dad in that, right. and they have a fight in um, like a dusty field and agree to blindfold themselves so they're right. on an equal oh, okay. on an equal footing. All right. Really good film, yeah. uh, good fight yeah. as well. Because the the cop that Jackie saves, yes, is Mr. Aoki from Shall We Dance? I Who? knew I'd seen him somewhere before, and actually, yeah. his performance was my favourite thing in the film. Me I too. thought he was really good. <laughs> Me too. Although there is one bit where, so you know, in Shall We Dance? Who, he did that thing where he turned his body and his head would like yeah, follow yeah. afterwards. I swear there was a bit when he did that, and it was that that made me go. Hang on a minute. I just and then I like, looked him up based based on it was, it was just one moment where his shoulder just moved fractionally before his and then he whipped <laughs> his head round. He whipped his head really quick and I thought that seemed a bit un, un, a bit weird. It was a bit like yeah. Mr. oh shit. I wonder if it's him. And it's so him. It was him. Uh, yeah. Brilliant. I kind of like I I I was looking at him thinking he's got a good face and he's a good actor and I kind of recognised his face yeah. but didn't think oh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. No, I thought he was he was pretty good. Yeah. So overall, I t- uh, I don't know. It's not a, it, sorry, it's my thing. Yeah, phone buzzing. Yeah, it's um, become like a per episode thing. Somebody's <laughs> phone will buzz. Yeah, um, yeah. I just it's worth watching if you want to see Jackie Chan bang a hooker because that happens. Oh yeah, that was yeah that was weird. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And if you want to see him shoot a man at point blank range, cut, cut a man's hand off. Yeah. Uh, so the one thing it kind of led me to is what was the last good Jackie Chan film? Um, I think. It might have been Shanghai Nights. I have a semi-irrational love for that film. Really? Yeah. That was his last good action right. stuff. So you've got the fight with uh, Donnie Yen on the barge at the end. Right. You've got the uh, the Madame Two Swords fight. Yeah. Uh, which includes him pretending to be a waxwork. Uh, and right. you have probably his best scene in the last 15 years, uh, which is the singing in the rain fight. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't remember a whole lot about that movie. Be, I quite honest. i i prefer it to Shanghai Noon because the action is better. Right. Um. Yeah. I quite i like it quite a lot. Um. There is also um. He tends to just have shit movies based around one good scene. Yes. Uh, recently. Yeah, yeah. So. Um. Uh. Oh God. What was it called? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to scroll through Jackie Chan on. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm just doing, just to see. I'm, I'm gonna me. keep going until I find one who I think. Oh yeah, I really like that. Movie. <laughs> uh, Kung Fu Panda. No, Kung Fu Panda's good. It's all right. Um, uh, the Myth is a bad film, but has a brilliant sequence of fighting a glue factory. Right. Where they go on the where he has to fight guys on the glue conveyor belt, but everything that touches the conveyor gets stuck. Yeah. Uh, and he has to avoid all the machinery at the same time. Right. That's really clever. Um, and I keep meaning to try and find and send you just the fight scene from Chinese Zodiac. Right. Because there is the, it, that essentially has one action sequence. Right. Uh, and the film is crap. But right. the fight is absolutely brilliant. Uh, particularly if you think he's nearly 60 when he's doing it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a real, because that's, uh, that's an Armour of God film. That's part right. of that canon, okay. and it's a throwback to the to the Those last ones, to the right. other two, yeah. Because um, I'm all, I'm all the way back, and I I would have to say it's be- got to be between First Strike, 
Wow, that's a long way back. Yeah, gorgeous or Rush Hour Two. Yeah, I would say like as complete movies. Yeah, um, yeah Accidental Spy was shit. Uh, you know, but then then like from First Strike back, you got Rumble in the Bronx, Thunderbolt, Legend of Drunken Master, City Hunter, Crime Story, Supercop Two. Yeah. Twin Dragons. Uh, Twin Dragons is a bad film with one good fight scene in. Oh, there's some good stuff in Twin Dragons. I quite like that. Armor, uh, you know, Operation Condor. Yeah. And, it, and, then, and then from then back, they're all quality films. Yeah. Spy Next Door was terrible. I don't know. I saw it. Uh, huh. Yeah. I kind... Right, something we... Uh, you um, Spoiler, you will get pitched at some point when I have a copy, Dragon Blade. Right, okay. Just because... Uh, Is that the one with John Cusack as Roman soldier? John Cusack yeah. as a Roman soldier. Uh, so they, so you have um, you have Jackie Chan and John Cusack having a fight. Right. And then you get Jackie Chan versus scenery-chewing Adrian Brody. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's, I don't know how to describe it, <laughs> right. but I watched it on a plane. And I can't say I had a smile all the way through, but I had... Let's just call it an elevated state of emotion all the way through. (laughs) All the time, I was just thinking, Tom has to see this. Tom has (laughs) to see this. Um, So when I get a copy, we'll do that. Okay. Because I really, I kind of want to see it again as well. Do you have anything else to say about the Shinjuku incident? Not really, no. Um, I do wish I had the slip of paper the fat guy has to fool the vending machines while I'm (laughs) in Japan. Because that would have been very helpful. And it just appears to be a bit of paper with two lines on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I'm going to do it that. It appears to be like the little receipt that they got out of the... It looked a bit like, you know, the ticket machine when he yeah. gets his train ticket. It looked like that just with no text on it. Yeah. I might have to try that. <laughs> um, all right. So shall we shall we move on? Yes. From the eh kind of yeah. Shinjuku instant. Uh, had potential to be a good film, not a Jackie Chan film. Absolutely, yeah. There we go. Yeah, maybe stick Donnie Yen in it or somebody like that. And it could have been a good movie. Yeah. Trim it down a bit. and yeah. So we should move on to the limey. Yeah, go on then. So this was Same a movie that I watched when it came out. And I liked it. And when we started to do this podcast, I saw it on my shelf. And I thought, oh, I should pitch Kieran that. Because I remember really liking it. Uh, and then I pitched it to you. And then we watched it. Uh, having, not <laughs> seen, having, having not seen it for like... yeah. Probably ten years. It came out in ninety nine. I explained. Yeah. So it's probably I about ten had, or twelve years since I'd seen I it. I got the DVD. I bought my first DVD player in two thousand and one, mm. and I'm fairly certain I got this soon after. Yeah, and it's just sat on my shelf for yeah. uh, 16, 17, 16. Yeah, so I'd actually years. forgotten it. I mean, I knew the basic premise of it. I remembered the basic premise of it, which is uh, Terence Stamp is a a London gangster who's been in inside prison a lot, and uh, his daughter is in LA. But she dies, and uh, under suspicious circumstances, because she she knows something about somebody powerful who, and she's threatened to go to the police. Basically, yeah. Um. So, uh, Terence Stamp plays a guy called Wilson, and he decides to go and seek vengeance on the people that brought about his daughter's death. I was disappointed it wasn't the volleyball from Castaway. <laughs> and, um, Tom Hanks didn't show up and yell at him at any point. And uh, yeah, it's kind of. Um, it's it's actually a fairly straightforward revenge thriller that is then highly stylized. Mm. It's very Steven Soderbergh of that era, mm-hmm. like very uh, low budget and kind of slightly run and gun. And nine million dollars this cost. Yeah, well, that's for you know for Hollywood. That's oh yeah, I know. I'm yeah. aware. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a low budget movie. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, and I, I, watching it back, I'd forgotten how stylized it was. Mm. And it took me until about halfway through the film to remember the conceit behind the style. Mm. But I don't know whether it's better off to know that before you watch it or after. Right. So it'll be interesting to see if you knew about it or picked up on it. Because I'm not sure I did the first time I watched it. But anyway, what okay. did you think about it? I didn't like it. Really? Yeah. I wasn't sure. When I rewatched it again, I thought, I don't know if you would or not. It's, oh God, it was, I couldn't decide if it was Soderbergh attempting to make a revenge thriller in the in the style of an art film, in mm. the same way with Haywire, he tried to make a martial arts movie in the style of an art film. Yeah. Because that doesn't work either. No, that And this work. reminded me of that a lot. Right, okay, interesting. Um, or the week before he shot this, he saw a Takeshi Kitano movie and thought, I can make one of those. Right, because yeah, I can see that. There are some parallels that as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Terence Stamp was mm. completely miscast. He was the wrong person. Right. Um, should have been Bob Hoskins. Yes. Angry little Bob Hoskins running around LA yeah. wanting to kill people. For Absolutely, yeah. Killing Almost his daughter. like a follow-up to Longer Friday. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Except he's dead in that. Though, it yeah. was massive. Every word that came out of Terence Stamp's mouth was completely inauthentic because he was fighting with an accent that he thought he could do and he couldn't. Right. That's his natural accent. It really isn't. Nah. It's not now because no, he's, that's because true. he's yeah. pushed up yeah. and he's trying to go back, back to his to roots works, yeah. and everybody around him is American and doesn't know he's doing it, it wrong. wrong. Right, yeah. Oh, you wrote me about my daughter. English people don't say wrote me, they say wrote to me. You're English, you prick. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He does that more than once as well. Yeah. It wound me up. Police nicks. <laughs> it yeah. was all little things in the script having to explain all this to Americans. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was five. I was. We were only five minutes in before I was wound, completely wound up by his accent. Right. The style felt off to me as well. Not just. I really hated the editing. Yeah, that's what I thought you would hate a lot because when it yeah so. That's the thing that has the the conceit, which it I'm not sure if it works when you know when you know what it is or not. So basically, you see him on a plane. Yeah. Well, that plane shot is his journey home. Yes, I figured that out from yeah, the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So basically, then everything after that is just him remembering what happened yeah. and going through it in his head. Yeah. And because he's just recalling it then it doesn't necessarily follow the linear pattern as if, yeah. It, you know, it's more like a memory. Yeah. Like, you know, you know you spoke to somebody and had this conversation, but you can't remember which bits of it happened in the bar or which bits of it happened yeah. in, the, in the apartment or the flat. So, so it's all kind of mishmashed together. I think I would much prefer for it to just, just to be, be straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. The, dynamic the dynamic between him and him Luis Guzman, and Guzman mm. should have been... The whole, it summed up in one exchange they have, and it should have been that all the way through. I'm going to have a butcher's around the house. Who are you going to butcher? That should have been there, you know, when they're on the balcony. What are we standing on? Trust? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That should have been their dynamic, and there's only like bits of that. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I kind of felt it should have been a lot more fun than it was. Yeah, I can see that. The way I kind of think about it looking back is that it's a bit like there are elements that remind me of Vanishing Point right. Right. 
and the slightly stylized version that that's made. And then there are other elements that remind me of Get Carter, mm. which is what I think Terence Stamp thought he was yeah. making. Yeah. And, 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 and they, 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 you know, some at some points that fusion does work, and at other mm. points it doesn't so much. Uh, I, absolutely uh, I absolutely despised the score. Because but it's not because ever related not ever to anything related that's happening, anything on, screen. happening on screen. And it smacks no. of Soderbergh no. trying to be cool and different. Right. It's just a piece of music. So it'll be like low-key jazz playing over four guys shooting each other on a patio. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. it just pretty much all of it rubbed me up the wrong way. Right. <laughs> I thought some of it yeah. would, but I wasn't yeah. sure why which is, bit. Uh, why is Peter Fonda's arm piece always in water? She's in a swimming pool or she's in the bath almost all the time. That's true. Yeah, maybe just so that she's in scantily yeah, probably. clothing, probably. Um, uh, he, uh, Stamp's daughter is Melissa George from Home and Away. Yes, yeah. Um, and other things. I think we've done something with her at some point. Definitely yes. premieres of her movies. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. I mean, I, when I, I thought we had filmed her yeah. before. Um, um at least it was short. The credits roll at one hour twenty-two. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Um, pretty I did um, like the idea like the of idea using, using footage from yeah. poor Cal, yes, Terence Stamp in say, a younger yeah. role as flashbacks of him. Yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Basically, they. Uh, I, I think it was whoever owned the rights. Warner to Brothers. It, yeah. Yeah, you can have like two minutes. Which two minutes do you want? And he's like, Well, I don't yeah. know yet. Yeah. And I'm like, All oh, right. So he ended up persuading them to give him the whole movie. Well, no, no, I read from. about the persuasion. Uh, yeah, really? the Warner Brothers didn't want him to have the whole film. They refused. So he went to the head of Warner right. and went, well, when I'm done with this, I'm not making another more f- another movie for you ever again. Uh, wow. And magically, uh, he yeah. had the rights to the whole movie. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I, thought my, my, I have to say my favourite line, just singular line, is when Louise Goodman and Terence Stamp Louise up. Goodman sounds like Len Goodman's daughter. Louise Goodman uh, <laughs> pull up at the thing and they give the car to the valet, and just as they're walking off, Terence Stamp says, "Oi, trousers, keep it close." Yeah, because they know they're gonna, yeah, make a run for it. But yeah, yeah, no, I didn't really no, get on okay. with this at all. Yeah, I was enough. quite glad when it was over. It's probably going to the charity shop. <laughs> Sorry, that's all right. Uh, I quite, I did quite like um, Peter Fonda's little fixer guy. Yes, you know who that is probably not Barry Newman, who is uh, uh, Kowalski in Vanishing Point. Oh, well, there we go. He's his little kind of uh, sort of lawyery bodyguard guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's sort of like yeah, he's kind of like a lawyer with an edge. Yeah. So like when he goes after when when they have the the slow old man car chase down the hill. Yes. Yeah. Um. Uh. I didn't expect him to pull a shotgun out the back of the car because right. I didn't think that's what that character was. Yeah. Absolutely. And from then yeah. on, he kind of has an edge to yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. And he was kind of interesting, but it's a short film, but they fill up time by going off on, on tangents. tangents with yeah. other characters. So yes. There's a whole like stuff. The, the with... stuff with the hitman. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, although him berating people on a film set is quite funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of kind of bits and pieces. But again, you know. And also, that falls outside your central conceit. Yes, yeah. Because if it's a memory, how does that's true, Stan yeah. fill all this in? Sin, yeah, I hadn't thought So then that. it stops making sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting watching it back 
uh, and like enjoying it when I first saw it, and then mm. watching it back and thinking, yeah, well, yeah, maybe not. Maybe I like this element of it. I don't yeah, because like I element generally so much. like Soderbergh, but yeah. this was just like uh, I do. A I bit, do know it's a bit too film school wanker for me. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Barry Newman being I keep thinking you're saying Barry Norman. No, Barry Newman be, being Kowalski insisted that he did his own driving down the the drive. Nice, um, but uh, he had to prove it. So they, he made the stunt driver go down the hill and then bring the car back, and then he went down like thirty seconds faster. Oh, <laughs> just right. just to show, just to be like, I can do this. Yeah, right. you know. Cool. Um, well, what a dynamic duo we yeah, had this absolutely. week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, a bag full of meh. <laughs> so what we're doing next week is slightly different in that we don't really have pitches no and it's probably best if you kind of explain what's going yeah. on because you brought this to the yeah. dance as it were yeah so um We're going to do a uh, what is effectively a blind pitch, so something that neither of us have seen. We're just going to cover one movie. Um, it's like, partly because of Kieran's issue with the internet and stuff like that, we decided we'd do like you know we'll, we'd do something like this this week. And then one more week, then I have fiber. Yeah, and uh, I happen to have um, I got bought a DVD for my birthday, which I've wanted to see for a long time. Right. Um, it's called Something Wicked This Way Comes. And I know a terrible rap metal song by that name. It's and that's what pops into my head. It's a Ray Bradbury book, hmm. and it's kind of a fantasy horror, right? But, um, so interestingly, on IMDb, it's classed as a, a mystery thriller, but I have seen its genre classified as horror. Okay. Um, I think the reason they've used the word fantasy here is because it's a Disney movie. Right. And this is one of those movies that comes from that slightly odd era of Disney films. So 77, 78 to 83, When they were making Kurt Russell movies. Well, kind of. So basically in this period they made The Black Hole. Yeah. Have you seen that? A long time ago. I saw it as a kid. I don't think I've seen it as an adult. Which is like um, their their kid's sci-fi movie, but yeah. there's still a robot that attempts to disembowel somebody in it. Yeah. Uh, they made Tron. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there was uh, something else as well. I think this is when The Black Cauldron got commissioned. Right. I don't know if you've ever seen that. That's their animated Disney horror film. That's really weird. Have I? I don't think I have seen that. Um and and they did this as well, and it's kind of like Disney doing this Ray Bradbury book seems like a really weird mismatch to the point. Yes. Um, Stephen King even did a version of the script that got rejected. Right. Um. So I've never read the book. I don't really know much about the story. Here's here's the synopsis on IMDb. Okay. Uh in a small American town, a diabolical circus and its demonic proprietor prey on the townsfolk. That does not sound like, like... I don't like demonic circuses and diabolical proprietors. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a Disney movie. No. So that's what intrigues me about it. All well, didn't, because... you, didn't you mention this to someone else in our office? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. I remember, yeah. I, yeah. I said, oh, yeah, Disney made a version of something we could this way. They went, what? The Ray Bradbury book? I was like, yeah. What? <laughs> so I might lend this to him because I'm sure he'd be intrigued. We'll see if he'll write us a little yeah. page um, to... Yeah, so it stars... Uh, Jonathan Price, Diane Ladd, and uh, Jason Robarts. Okay. Um, 
I'm trying to look down here because I don't really know anything about it. I'm going to see if I can find anything that's not spoilery that would be of interest <laughs> to know going in. Like um, I tried to with Shinjuku Incident last time around yeah. and just made a complete hash of it. Wow, this is weird. Bradbury first wrote it as a screenplay in 1952. Right. Uh, because he was inspired by Singing in the Rain. This is just weird. <laughs> Uh, so Disney fiddled with it after it was uh, after it was made, and they reshot a couple of bits, right? Um, to make it more Disney, yeah, right, yeah. Okay. So it's interesting because I believe that the period in which these things were commissioned was ending around the time that this was released. So I think it was a bit of a change of guard. Okay, uh, yeah, by the sound of it, um, yeah, like they did things like they replaced the score because it was too somber. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, this sounds like an absolute treat. Yeah, I just this just intrigues me that that there was this period of time that Disney were just really going out and being innovative in a way. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes they choose to hush it under under the sweep it under the rug, and other times they like to shout about it, like Tron. Yeah. You know, which paved the way for CGI and mm. all of this stuff. And whereas dreadful sequel. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I'm just fascinated by it, just to just to see what it's like. All right. So that's what we're going to cover. Okie dokie. So if you are one of the fortunate few who have seen something wicked this way comes the weird Disney Ray Bradbury horror movie for kids, <laughs> <laughs> you can let us know on Twitter at HYS Podcast or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Have You Seen Podcast. The website is Have You Seen Net. The email is Podcast at Have You Seen Net. And as I mentioned before, we have a YouTube channel. YouTube got topped. Dot, oh my god, I was going so well. <laughs> YouTube.com slash HYS podcast, which contains video things. We like shares and likes on Facebook, particularly if you show posts. We like retweets on Twitter, again, especially if you show tweets. We like reviews and ratings on iTunes, especially those with lots of stars. And we like your pitches for new films and reviews of stuff we have covered. Thank you to everybody for listening, especially if you've done any of those things. Thank you to Upbeat Productions for letting us into the submersible. Thank you to Alexia Mom for his technical expertise. And I presume Nicola, the social media, is still managing the social media somehow. Yeah. There's nodding coming from the other end of the table. Yep. Uh, that's it for this time around. Join us on 132, which will probably be next week or the week after. Yeah. Uh, depending on, you know, time and stuff. And uh, and the the incoming of iMessage. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, until then, I don't really know what to say. Go and find this film and watch it. Seek it out. Yeah, yeah. It's um, you've got a region one DVD. I, yeah, and that's the only way we could get get hold of it. Okay, it was region one DVD. I believe. I don't think they ever did a region two. All right, and not so that I've seen America. We call we call upon you. Yeah, more of you listen to us than than the Brits. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, if you have seen this wacky little oddity do let us know mm. right let's let these people go about their lives yes and uh we will speak to you next time see you then bye, bye. let's just tread on each other's goodbyes yeah, okay. it's fine <laughs> <laughs>